You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. Golden Globes happened. Taylor, if I if I didn't find out on the day of, I wouldn't have watched them because I didn't. I just didn't know they were on. Uh, but the funny thing is, you have cable, so was it not being advertised? I didn't see one advertisement anywhere, and I watch uh, sports. Like I watch football, and I watch hockey, and I watch things where often award shows are advertised, just because in Canada we get the CTV feed for most of award show stuff. So I didn't even see it on there. And to even add that, I think it was on CBS. I have hmm. the American CBS channel. I didn't see one ad. Weird. Not one. Weird. And it's not like I didn't watch TV even this past weekend. I did. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get too busy and you're not doing stuff and you're like, well, maybe it's me. I didn't pay attention. I'm online every day. I watch television, you know, when I can, but definitely on the weekends. Did not see a single advertisement for it. Had no idea it was on uh, Sunday. Got a text from someone saying, hey, the Golden Globes are tonight. Like, oh. <laughs> that's, that's basically guess I'm it. Tu- guess I'm tuning in. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, it had an increase in viewership. It performed better this year. I don't know if it's considered good performance, but I did see an article saying that viewership was up. I would imagine um, that that's a good sign just because people are probably also curious because there were so many changes. Like it's like basically a new company doing it and there were so many changes to it and it was away. It was gone and now it's back. So I feel like there's some curiosity around it. I, my curiosity, I didn't watch it. Um, obviously I, I think our listeners know I don't, I don't have cable. Um, but also it's at a time that it's not conducive to a, 14th month old but um i'm dying to know what your feelings were about the host this full like before i even get get asking you i have no idea who this person is zero Mm -hmm. absolutely no clue am do i live under a rock or do you also not know who this person is um so i yes i don't know who joe coy is um, with that being said, I do believe I have not watched, but seen him before for like, oh, it's a Netflix special or it's some sort of streaming special for stand-up comedy. And okay. it's like his, you know, it's like the person's face, yeah. you know, I like, he didn't, when he came out on stage, I'm like, oh, that guy, like I've seen his face before, but didn't know his name. And when he said his name, I'm like, wasn't gonna guess that was your name like had no I, the name mike the name's not even familiar to me like no, or no, his face not at all. you know what i mean like sometimes like you said you'll be cruising netflix and you're like okay that's a comedian not even mm-hmm. i haven't even he hasn't even come across my net netflix dashboard this is how little i know of this person and apparently yeah. he bombed he was <laughs> so this is what's yeah this is this is my review of him Nothing he said really mattered because it was such a poor hosting job. There's no point in even being upset if he if he made jokes at people's expense. Like the big thing about the Golden Globes is in the past 
with Ricky Gervais, but also Tina Fey and uh, Amy Poehler. Roasting all the celebrities was kind of the big thing. That was kind of the, the idea is roast them. People felt that sometimes it went too far, what have you. That's an individual's own feeling on that. For me, I, if, it's fun, if a joke is funny, I don't really care what it is. I think most topics can be funny. There are certain topics I'm more sensitive about than others, but still there have been times where a comedian tells a joke and normally I wouldn't laugh because of how well it was I laughed. So the problem with him was he was not funny. His jokes weren't interesting. It was really lowbrow humor. Like it wasn't very good. Like he tried to be topical, but not good. Like he made a joke about Taylor Swift and the NFL, which is topical and good, but it just wasn't a good joke. Like it didn't right. land and it wasn't really interesting. So that's to me different than, than making the making a joke. Like one of my, this is, I can say this cause it's appropriate enough, but one of my favorite Ricky Gervais jokes from the Golden Globes is he said, I think one of the big three hour movies that year must've been like a Scorsese film that like there was like a three hour movie that came right. out. And he said, Oh, by the time that movie was done, Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend was even too old for him to date. Like that was, and everyone laughed, including him. Yeah. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, because it was funny. And Ricky Gervais has a way of like hitting celebrities with certain things that are true, but also funny. So when Joe Coy tried to do it, it just didn't land. And he just made like really, terrible jokes like jokes about barbie that just weren't funny so i don't yeah he, he bombed in every way he was a bad host he was a terrible comedian he didn't have good flow to his monologue his monologue was awful everything he did bombed like there was not one bright spot where you can say that was kind of funny no nothing he bombed completely do you think they didn't have the budget for a real comedian? according to him because he said this on stage, is that he only had like 19 days or something. Oh. So the what I read a story that a bunch of people said no. So yeah. they were trying to find a host and it was difficult, which again is like, is what it is. But uh, I mean, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, there's probably eight or nine people that you can think of that with enough money you can do. And CBS, I think CBS has a, talk show i just don't remember which one it is because every network has their own right like like abc is jimmy kimmel um i think nbc is jimmy fallon so maybe it's colbert is cbs or something but like that's to me the route you should go get, yeah. get a late night host Eighth. who's already used to it get stephen colbert oh he doesn't want to do it up the money suddenly he's going to do it because they're just more seasoned, I think, and and better at this kind of thing. Well, their whole job is essentially talking to celebrities and like ribbing them. Yes. On and, on and they're naturally <laughs> they're naturally funny. Like Joel yeah. Coy to me, he seems naturally to not be very funny to me. Like I think he's someone that like maybe he has a good prepared act and maybe he's an acquired taste or what have you, but he's just not someone who's naturally funny. There are some stand-up comedians that are naturally funny outside of their act. And they can do these kinds of things. And I just don't think he's one of them. So that was uh, the big, that that was the big news online afterwards was he was horrible. There was also a moment where a viral moment of Selena Gomez gossiping to, with Taylor Swift, allegedly yeah. about Timothy Chalamet and his Kardashian girlfriend. Oh, 
<laughs> Allegedly. For, for someone who didn't watch Taylor, you have all the scoops here. Of course, of course I do. And then um no, I think that was those were like the the two big things. And then oh, um people making fun of uh what's his name? Uh the maestro for not winning. Oh yeah, so maestro didn't really win anything. Um, which Murphy was... won Best Actor, and what, what's what's the, I'm blanking on his name. Um, Who's Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper. Apparently, Bradley Cooper made like a very sad face when mm. he panned him. In okay, the I didn't. I didn't see that. I mean, I saw him win. Like, I saw Celine Murphy win. Now, okay, to be fair, like that's a pretty stacked category. Like Celine yeah, Murphy. I think Bradley yeah, Cooper's that's... deluded. He's not in the same category. No, I don't think so either. As these people. And I think last time we said that, people came for us being like, he's a great actor. Sure, fine. He's fine. But like, to me, he's not in the same category as Leonardo, no. uh, DiCaprio, Cillian Murphy. Um, he just isn't there. And yet he sees himself. That's what's cringe to me. He sees himself as that good. Yeah. And I think I think that... <laughs> You know, the maestro, I was a little surprised it didn't get anything. Um, what just happened? <laughs> Sorry, did Something you hear just me? Um, oh, 100%. Did you hear me? Sorry, I drank a little bit of water. <laughs> yeah, I heard like a pop and an ex- almost like an explosion, which obviously we're going to keep in. Like where I'm not going to edit this. But, but uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, sorry, did you hear that? Last yeah, week was me like, coughing, this week is me drinking water. I have no idea what just happened. It's like a, it's like you drank a bubble. <laughs> like it just sort of exploded. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I am surprised that it didn't get anything because I do think it's a high quality made movie. Is it for everyone? No, it's definitely not. Um, but I do think it's one of those films that like at the end of the day, a lot of people will like it. And it was so such such like a well done, well crafted movie that I can see it winning. But I don't know, like this year, one of the things I'm saying about seeing with the Golden Globes is nothing won that I don't think from the hype or from me seeing it didn't deserve it. Like the things that there was nothing weird that you're kind of like, what's going on there? Like Emma Stone winning um, Divine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers. I've heard nothing but amazing things about this movie and about her performance. She was amazing. She was great. So, so again, it's just it's just like, okay, so nothing is too surprising, but it's there's still stacked categories. Like Oppenheimer, even Barbie, Poor Things, winning a couple awards each. It's like, well, yeah, Maestro is just in a year where there's so much other great things. Like Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer might have been his best movie. And Bradley Cooper, yeah, is up against him as a director, but you're also up against like, like, Greta Gerwig, who also probably had her best movie. Martin Scorsese, who a lot of people think that's his best movie. Yorgo Lanthos, Lanthimos, who did Poor Things, which like his dream nation. Even Past Lives, which is another film that's getting a lot of buzz. The Boy and the Heron, which won for animated, is still getting buzz in other categories too. Like I just think it's a stacked year and it's going to be tough for Maestro to compete because how is he going to compete with... like? Paul Giamatti won for yeah. musical and comedy. Like, so Paul Giamatti and again, well deserved. Well deserved, yeah. Probably someone like Joaquin Phoenix will get not like I'm just thinking who's going to get nominated for an Oscar? Well, Paul Giamatti probably, Cillian Murphy, Bradley Cooper, 
right? Like that's a that's yeah. already a stack category, and we're three names into it. Like that would be hard for him to compete when Cillian Murphy and Paul Giamatti also apparently had amazing performances this year. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. I think it's also luck of a draw. He's not in a year where there's two or three good movies. There's about six or seven. And he's with he's fighting with the top dogs. Like, come well, on, yeah. buddy. Like, yes. yeah. So that. <laughs> It was an interesting award show, to say the least. I mean, the hosts sucked. They they changed things up a little bit with the presenting. Some of the presenters were funny. Some of them were awkward, but some of them were pretty funny. There were some new categories this year at the Golden yes, we Globes talked, that were the most interesting to me. You had mentioned this. It's like the fan favorite box office. Box office <laughs> achievement, which went to Barbie. So cinematic and box office achievement award went to Barbie. What oh. does that mean? I do not know. Both of them went, or is that, that's one category. That's one category. So stupid. So that one. And then there is also a new category for stand-up comedy this year, where they've never had like an award for I mean, stand-up comedy enough. specials. So Ricky Gervais won for his most recent special. And people normally, he's very, um, he divides people. I'm surprised they he gave does, it to him. He and, does, and he won. Now, again, this was also actually a stacked category, but let me, let me read you the names just of who was nominated. They all had specials and special names, but I'll just read you their names. So Amy Schumer, yes. Chris Rock, yes. and Chris Rock. That was out. That was that was his tour he did after getting slapped, and it was not. Yeah, good. Sarah Silverman, Trevor Noah, Wanda Sykes, and Ricky Gervais. Yeah, that's a like stat that's, category. <laughs> that's that's a big one. So for Ricky Gervais to win that, that's pretty. That's the who's who essentially yeah. of right now of who's like the kind yeah. of the big names. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, Christopher Nolan won for director, The Boy and the Heron, as I mentioned, for animated. The two big motion picture winners, I guess three now, because there's the cinematic one. So Oppenheimer won for drama, Poor Things won for musical comedy, and Barbie won for cinematic and box office. So those three movies there are kind of the Oscar front runners, I think. Um, yeah. obviously Killers of the Flower Moon are still is still in there, Past Lives. Zone of Interest, Maestro, like there's a lot of other things, but I would say those are some of the front runners we're seeing right now. It unsurprised that doesn't surprise me. Like those no. wins, like you said, like um, no no surprises. Doesn't seem to be any upsets. Kind of, yeah. That. No, like oh, this person's just getting this award for this reason. Like I don't think you can make that argument this year. Like I think again, one of the things we've talked about on this show and we've covered it like in excess over the past four years is award shows getting criti criticized for the lack of diversity. I've been saying it for two years, maybe even three years now. I think that conversation is, is moving forward in such a direction where this year it's really just about the winners because they were all well-deserved and you can clearly see that there's, there's a better range of films being looked at both in genre, both in, um, diversity inclusion of who's making the film of who's in the film like there's much more even language diversity we're starting to see so it's kind of all moving in the right direction i know it's a journey that never necessarily has an end point but i think this year the conversations for me around aside from the bad host is oh these are great movies it sets up for the oscars but like who's gonna win like they're all stacked categories and it's uh it, it's gonna make our oscar pools this year really interesting and uh, I'm very competitive, so I love it. Very difficult for me. Um, so yes, you, just... you. For anyone who doesn't <laughs> know 100% where things are going to go, and just guesses. <laughs> yep, 
that's typically I just uh, close my eyes and point at a list and hope for the best. Um, so very quickly, Mike, can you just, you highlighted some movies that won. Can you give me the, the big categories? So who, you said Paul mm-hmm. Giamatti got mm-hmm. um, comedy, musical, Cillian Murphy got drama. Correct. Who were the female wins? Yeah, so um, f- uh, Emma Stone. Okay, one for poor yeah. things. Uh, yeah, not not a huge. Uh, not so there's not a surprise. I can't. Um, that, this is like my most want to see. Yes, that I haven't seen yet. Yes, I'm definitely. hearing amazing things about it, so I can't wait. Uh, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Yep. Also first, not first um, a Indigenous actress to one win a Golden Globe. I didn't know that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very well deserved. Fantastic performance. Uh, as I said, uh, Divine Joy Randolph won for the holdovers. Um, there's a lot of buzz for her in that. Now that's for supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like that was one of the one of the main awards. So those are the three main winners because they don't divide supporting anymore. So they just have actress in drama, motion picture, and musical comedy motion picture, and then the third category is support. So, so who won supporting male? Supporting male, uh, that was Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. Oh, see, yes. that one, huh. That's, that was okay. the biggest, I would say, surprise, because he he beat out Mark Ruffalo, Robert De Niro, Willem Dafoe. Another star. Um, Charles Melton and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, and then best pictures were... Barbie, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer and um, Poor Things. Poor Things. Okay. And then the animated feature was The Boy and the Heron. And Best Director. um, Christopher Nolan. Right. And there's there's only one Best Director for the Golden Globes. There's still only one. Yeah. There's only one uh, Best Director. That's weird. For the Golden Globes. Weird to divide the movies into genres and then only have one director. It um it does seem odd. Like to me, it seems like I mean I don't know about dividing up genres anyway, and, yeah. and that entire thing seems odd. But um, yeah, if you're gonna do it, you'd think you would then say, okay, well, here's all the dramas, here's all the comedies and musicals or what have you. But yeah, I think um, I think it's not a big surprise that he won just because of the buzz. Um, again, I don't always necessarily agree with everything being said, but. It, a lot of people think it was his best movie. Um, everyone really, really thought like technically this was such a superb movie. I'm sure it will win all the technical awards at the Oscars. It also, it is worth noting, it did win for score as well. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Even yeah, though which I'm not surprised. Such a crazy, crazy approach. But it was better way. this movie, though. I will say, like the music and the sound didn't bother me as much in this movie as it did in like Tenet where you couldn't hear what was going on. Did you see the headline that his peloton in, or however you say that word, the the bicycle, the stationary bicycle, peloton, his peloton instructor made fun of Tenet while he was in the class, and he, oh. she didn't know he was in the class, and she was just ripping into Tenet? No, I, I did not hear this. I think that's Tell hilarious. me everything you know about this. Is that that's all, all you know? That's There's all I know. Okay. That's... <laughs> he was in the class, and she just like, was like I didn't understand anything that was happening in that movie, and he just happened to be in the glass <laughs> while it asked, while she was ripping on it. I, I, I love it. I love it. 
I wouldn't, <laughs> to be fair, he has one of those faces where, like, you probably wouldn't know he was in your class. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think he's yeah. one of the, like, I never, I don't think most directors are, like, super recognizable, aside from, like, maybe Wes Anderson, to me, like, sure. in terms of, like, visuals. Um, sure. Yeah, so anyway, so I thought that that also was making the headlines around the Golden Globes. Um, his Peloton instructor making fun of him i think that's great well deserved to be made fun i think you know directors and celebrities they're people too and we can make fun of them and we can just rip into them and i think that's great um Uh, do you have any other golden globes news for me that was really it like that those are the main winners we obviously don't get into to the uh tv side much uh, on the show because there's obviously like the tv side of all of this um but you know shows like succession uh, got a couple big wins, and um, I think, you know, I think that there weren't too many big surprises there. But I'm less connected to the TV world, so those are the big movie ones. Kind of sets us up for, uh, you know, the Screen Actors Guild Awards, you know, the Oscars, all of that. That we're kind of in award season. The Golden Globes are kind of the kickoff. I'm happy to have it back. I like award shows. I think it's fun to to kind of care about and discuss and debate these kinds of things they got to get the hosting under control here um i don't know what to do about it now i did see one thing that i didn't know if you were going to bring up or if you saw it or what but uh, of course as we talk about mean girls a lot recently, yes the the star uh, of mean girls had some interesting comments uh against uh the the host that oh. uh, about his jokes about women um now, having no, watched it, okay, so she just, I mean, I i don't care enough to dive too much into it, but I was just like, oh, that's like interesting. I wonder what what, what the problem was. Um, and when I was watching it, like all his jokes were terrible and off-putting and awful. Like, they were equally everyone. awkward. Yeah, so like <laughs> in this one scenario, I'm like, okay, like you're just sensitive to that. So you would pick up on that, but not like all the other horrible, stupid jokes he made, but they were also bad. So again, I think that to me, that's like an arbitrary thing to pick. Like here, there's like six problems, but I'm going to focus on one or whatever. Like he was just awful all around. So that was kind of my takeaway from that. But it's interesting because I've been watching them do the interview circuit for Mean Girls. And I guess, I think her name's Renee Rapp. Yeah. Is kind of the one being interviewed a bunch. And I I, uh, I'm getting some not great vibes, mm. like a little awkward, like a little awkward and a little, like you're a little off putting when I, when I hear you talk, which is I, like kind of putting me off to the movie a little bit, but I'm trying not to let it kind of get to me. I have a couple theories. I haven't seen any of her. Um, I think I saw like one Buzzfeed clip of her and she was talking about, she was reading like a tweet. You know how mm. sometimes they get celebrities to read tweets and respond. Oh yes, that's usually pretty. Funny. Um, yep. So I saw like one one of those, and like very hard to screw that up. You're literally like reading something and responding. But my, I have two theories. One being she comes, she's relatively new, mm. and she comes from a theater background, totally. so she ha- doesn't have any press training yet. So that's my my first idea. She's coming off totally. as awkward and horrible and cringe because mm. she doesn't have PR PR people. Totally and then understandable. The, the flip side of her coming from the drama world, and I might get some hate from this, but theater people have a reputation of being kind of insufferable. 
I mean, so, is she just a theater kid? Is my listen, other <laughs> listen as somebody who went to school for theater? That's true. Like there are there are many 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 different kinds of people in the world. I'm gonna first by saying that whatever you can't categorize. You can't categorize ever. Like I really do believe that if there are seven billion people on Earth, there's seven billion ways to think and seven billion ways to do things, and et cetera, et cetera. When I went to school, and even in, in all of my time since being involved in theater, you start seeing some trends. And often, yes, you've got, I think like sometimes the thought process from the outside world is, oh, if you're in theater, you're like really high energy and outgoing and an extrovert, et cetera, et cetera. But more often than not, theater people are quite introverted and quite awkward and a little bit like, you know, they don't quite have those social skills, but theater is where they like, blossom and they they find comfort and are able to do it so yeah you're right it literally could be that and like listen is she off-putting mike is she off-putting in the way that people find leah michelle off-putting no historic drama person leah michelle has a lot of confidence when she talks um is like awkward yeah, it just comes off as one of those people that, like, you'd walk up to. And let's just say, okay, let's just go to, like, the theater world for a second. You're at a cast party, and you walk up, and you're like, oh, hey, like, congratulations. Like, well done. Uh, we just worked on the show together for three months. I just wanted to say, like, it was great working with you. And she'd probably say, like, oh, thank you. And then, like, the, there would be nowhere to go in the conversation. Right. <laughs> um, because they, she just doesn't have, like, those skills, conversation skills. That's how she comes off to me. That I'm just like, you're just an awkward person who shouldn't be talking. Like, as we say with certain celebrities where it's just like, you just don't have the skill, which is fine. Not everyone should do, needs to be able to do that. But I think there's a certain level of training and ability that you can gain when you're going to do these circuits. It is her first big movie coming from the theater world. Maybe there's a little bit of a difference, et cetera. Maybe she's going to steal the show and be so amazing on stage. It's like, well, okay, this is where she is the most comfortable in life. But it's just the what's off-putting about it is every once in a while in the answer she gives and complaining about certain things or whatever, it seems like you're not having fun here. Yeah, I don't And like- if you're not having fun, I don't want to see your movie. Don't come out hot complaining. You know what I mean? Like you're like not- Like the most, the most serious films about the most serious topics, the person doing it, like Promising Young Woman, right about basically about the entire culture around how men are with women in certain situations and it's a revenge movie right well the star of that uh carrie mulligan yep she uh, during interviews bright happy charming wants to talk about the movie wants to talk about the the how difficult you know certain scenes are wants to talk about how passionate she is about things even that movie she did about um harvey weinstein following up with that these are serious topics but you can see that they're passionate about it and they're having a certain amount of enjoyment talking to stephen colbert about it talking to jimmy kimmel talking to whoever they are to promote their movie when i listened to renee rap do a couple of interviews this past week i didn't want to see the movie because i'm already off put enough and then i hear you talk about it and i'm like you just seem like you're you're sour all the time about something and it's, it's upsetting me to a point where I want to talk to you and be like, what can I do to make, make things better for you? How can we help you in life? How can, how can we get to a point? Like if I'm a producer of hers, these are the conversations I'm having with her. 
Like, I get it. I, I understand where things are right now where we people need to be who they are. We shouldn't judge them for being who they are. We shouldn't shame them for being who they are. Absolutely. We're talking about promotion and marketing, though. We're talking yeah, about your promoting job. a movie. It's part of your, your job contract. is to do this, to go out there. And I don't care what's going on. Get butts in the on. seats. Get butts in the seats. And you're not going to do it doing things like that. So it's just it just annoys me because I want I want Mean Girls to be a good movie. And the trailers have sucked. These interviews have sucked. And all I'm thinking is, oh, I don't want to see this movie. And I don't want to feel that way. I want to be excited to go see it. I think it's interesting that they... I have not seen the musical so i don't know how they've reworked the stories or like the who gets the most songs because like in the mu- a musical typically the leads the star gets more songs right so i don't know if they've reworked the story to make the character regina have more songs and that's why this renee is getting more um interview time but the i real... imagine she she's the lead though like or one of the like i, I think regina is featured heavily in the which movie. like it makes sense but the real star of the movie the original movie is katie i don't know the name of the actress but Lindsay Lohan's, Rice. yeah yeah Lindsay lohan's character is technically the star of mean girls so right. it's very strange that the villain of the movie is getting more interview time than the lead. Which makes me think She's she knocks it out of the park. No, no, the other way. It makes me think the other way. That that right, that, like the, that with Renee. Ren- with Renee, Renee Rapp is, knocks yeah. it out of the park. But yes, that does make it seem like okay, maybe the other cast isn't that good. But it does make me think like if they're pushing her so much she's the reason to go to this movie she's the next star like she but... must she must be she must have such an incredible performance i mean i'm seeing it we're t- i'm talking about this movie next week on our show just so everybody knows um because i'm seeing it this weekend so uh, like i'm gonna see exactly what this is and we're gonna talk about it next week but that's that's to me what it says is that there's such a confidence in her that was like well, we're gonna put her everywhere because she's the star of this movie well, I'm looking forward to re- your review, especially because it's a musical. But also, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be very good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all know how I feel. Like, I'm sure musical movies, uh, it's hard to please me in those two. And, you know, I, I don't mean to go on, like, super rants here. But, again, I, I the more I see movies and the more we talk about them, the more you see these mistakes get made. And then you wonder why a movie is not successful. Um, and I just... I'm sick and tired of people pointing to different things like, oh, Mean Girls isn't going to be successful because I can see it right now. Oh, Mean Girls isn't successful because people uh, are prejudiced against women. That's what it's going to say. And it's like, what are you talking about? This was one of the biggest movies ever and you're remaking it. So it's going to, if it fails, it's going to fail because it couldn't live up to the remake. You didn't make a new movie. (laughs) <laughs> you made a remake of another movie. So it's fair to compare and it's fair to do that because that's what people are going to do. And I just, I think I just get, sometimes I, Taylor, I think I just get sick of it because I'll read these things and be like, well now hold on. Yeah. These I'm, pieces, right? I'm, I'm these, I'm this male you're talking about. That's me. You're talking about when you're saying, Oh, well it's because white men think this or don't think this. Or they don't want to support this. They don't support that. No, it's because your movie sucks. <laughs> 
If you make put it in the if garbage you can. Make a good movie. You're never going to hear any. I mean, people will still complain, obviously, but the vast majority is going to to love the movie. So I hope this is great. It's just opening everywhere. We're going to start getting like reviews and start getting like everything's going to all happen in the next week or so. I hope it's a really good movie. I want it to be really good, but it's already like losing points because it's so poorly promoted. My expectations are low. Maybe that'll help the movie actually, but I'm just, this is definitely a week after the Golden Globes and after like seeing think pieces and stuff come out over everything that I just get so frustrated and fed up with it where I'm like, okay. Let's have the movie happen, watch the movie, judge the movie based on its merits, and now let's have a discussion of whether or not the merits that are being brought up are fair or not fair, etc. So that's what we're going to do. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, all I this hope, promotion you do, they, you got to be careful about the things that are said and done. I hope for your sake, at the very least, the singing is good. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Renee d- sang, was... Um, was Regina on Broadway? So she was Regina very, on Broadway. So yeah, yes. So that at gives the very least, as long as they as long as they haven't overproduced the singing or the soundtrack, like over edited, yes. auto tuned. Um, hopefully, at least at the very least, the music is good for you, Mike. That's all. Yes, I. Me too. And I. I hope it's a good movie. I hope Renee Rapp is an incredible star, and then we just get to watch her career unfold for the next couple of years. That would be amazing. Happy. Would be very happy. I just have to stay away from think pieces. Um, but yeah, just shut the no. laptop for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, walk away, Focus. unplug, um, watch your your NFL, and <laughs> you'll be yeah. there. Well, the problem is, is you get you end up getting a you end up getting NFL commentary on all these things too. So yeah, now That's even the NFL support. commentaries about Taylor Swift, you really cannot. You can't escape her because like the like the Golden Globes commentary is all about Taylor Swift and what she was wearing and and like there was all these like um posts and tweets and stuff that people were putting out being like, I'm so glad Taylor Swift wore in green so we could like see her in shots clearly. Really? That was was some of the I mean, I guess you could be I guess green did stand out in that room. Um so it, you know, she wore a bright enough so dress weird. that I guess she stuck Fandom out. Fandom is so weird. I, I saw know, that they were deconstructing the jewelry she was wearing. That there was See, symbolism in her ring. Isn't that going too far? That's <laughs> psychotic. I thought we were moving away from this. Like, shouldn't we be moving away from, like, what are you wearing and what does that mean, et cetera, et cetera. Like, who cares? I think I still, you know, as someone, I would not say unfashionable, but who who has a passing interest in fashion i still like to see what people are wearing but like not from the standpoint of like oh she wore this to do that you know what i mean like i'm like i just want to see what you're wearing is it a pretty dress is it an interesting tux you know but anyways let's let's move on mike i have two things we need to remember i I understand but hold on i just want (laughs) to i think i guess for me i'm just more interested in the talk, if we're going to talk about Taylor Swift, talking about the Eras tour and like the impact that's had oh, on the right. movie going, like that to me would be more there, the topic. She was for, there for that it was nominated. The Eras cinematic Tours. box office, yes, exactly. <laughs> award, yeah, it was nominated for that award. Yeah, good for her. She did yeah. not win. <laughs> no, no, she did not win. Barbie won, of course. Barbie won. Like if you get, 
You're going to give a box office award. You've got to give it to Barbie. Like, this isn't... Anyway. Um, okay, fine. So we got to move on. we got two re- movies to review. Uh, and I just want to quickly remind everybody that, of course, our movie club is going to be happening at the end of this month. So you have until January 26th to send in any questions, any thoughts you have about Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the Scott Pilgrim TV show, and the graphic novel, because that's what we're going to be kind of talking volume about. Volume one. And reviewing. Volume one. We're not volume reading one. the whole yeah. series. No, 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 no. Just volume one. Um, now, I did get a couple fan emails from people, so I'm just going to quickly address them now. Um, a couple people asked about reading the, the graphic novel versus the television show versus the and what they should watch and shouldn't. And if they if you don't watch everything, is that bad, etc. Whatever you watch is fine by us. If you have a question and you've only watched the movie and you want to ask a question about comparing it, send the question in. We understand that people's time are precious and we've given you like just about a month to do this. If you watch Scott Pilgrim versus the world and have thoughts on it, great. If you watch the TV show and have thoughts on it, great. If you just have read the graphic novel and read it again and have thoughts on it, great. We want to hear from you. You can still fill out forms on our website. I'm sorry that our website isn't updated, but you can still fill out the form and just send in your Scott Pilgrim thoughts. You can still email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. You can do it that way. So I know some people were asking. Keep an eye on our social media. Keep listening. We'll remind you, but you still have a couple weeks to get it done. January 26th, get the questions and thoughts in by then, and then we'll address that on air. You can watch any combo, read any combo of it, and we're just going to chat about it. One correction or addition, Mike, we're only watching the first episode of the TV show. The pilot. Sorry. Yes, we're watching the pilot. But again, if you watch the whole thing, you're more than welcome to write in. Katie might have been might have watched the whole thing. I don't know. But you and I will be watching the first episode because like you said, our time is precious. (laughs) And I will say I watched the movie maybe two weekends ago. It was I was pleasantly surprised to walk down memory lane with that movie. So I'm looking forward to chatting about it. I have fond memories of Scott Pilgrim. So yeah, I think it'll be a good nostalgia kind of episode. Um, But yes, thank you. Thank you to those who wrote in asking those kinds of questions. There's your kind of answer. Does not matter to us what you watch. And you can, yes, you can absolutely ask us questions about comparing them to give us kind of a, a direction to go in. That's totally fine too. We're happy to hear from you. Um, okay, let's review some movies. Uh, Taylor, uh, speaking of nominated movies, you watched Saltburn, which yes. was nominated for for um, a couple of Golden Globes because Barry Keoghan was nominated uh, in acting and they got nominated in other categories as well. Lots of buzz around this one. So what did you think about Saltburn? Um, I want to watch this one because it's getting huge buzz and Nicole said I was going to love it. So I thought, okay, uh, let's... Tiff Nicole, Tiff Nicole. Yeah. Mm, best, okay. best friend, Nicole. So she said, okay. you have to watch it. Now, um, did she say you would love it or that it, like it was a good movie? That I would love it. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just interested to see what Nicole's thoughts are because usually she if Nicole, okay. Cause if Nicole gives the stamp of approval, I got to say, at least with movies with me, she has about a 95% rating. Like 95% of the time, if she likes the movie and recommends it to you or me, we end up or I end up liking it. So that's very interesting. Her review of the movie was very similar, if not spot on to mine. So essentially okay. if you're watching this movie and you're kind of like, okay, like where are we going with this? Like visually, 
stunning. You know what I mean? Visually great. Okay. Um, it seems a little bit vapid, maybe is the right word. And then the ending totally cracks open the movie and you're like, oh, that's where we were going. Okay. Interesting. So, so the ending that- is kind of the is the big key to this. Yes. And some people have complained about the ending. I think saying that like maybe it was too on the nose or there was plot holes. So uh, a little, just kind of backtracking just a little bit. Um, This movie is described as a black comedy psychological thriller. So unlike May, December, that's an accurate genre description for it. Um, So you have to go in with a little bit of lightheartedness, I think. Um, But also keeping in mind that it is a thriller and that makes the ending make sense. This is Emerald Fennel's second movie. So we, you actually talked about Promising Young Woman um, earlier this episode. This, she is the writer director of that movie and she wrote and directed Saltburn. So this is her second movie and it is about, it takes place like weirdly in 2006 I think like just weird because it's like why but um she actually went to Oxford so maybe that was around the time she went to Oxford Mm. and the movie is about these Oxford students and it kind of sets it up as you think it's going to be like um conflict between classes right like the fabulously rich at Oxford and those that are on scholarship and essentially um Barry Keoghan Keoghan Keoghan? Um, Keoghan. I think it's Keoghan. Yeah. That sounds right. Plays Oliver and then Jacob Elrody, who um, we've talked about previously on the show. He's Elvis. Like, yes, Elvis. <laughs> um, he plays Felix and essentially Felix is the super, super, super rich. He befriends Oliver, who um, is um, poor. And um, they end up at Felix's summer home and the main action of the movie unfolds over a summer and um it's just like the debauchery of the the super rich essentially um and then kind of becomes a a thriller you're you're trying to figure out okay what's going on with oliver (laughs) what's going on with felix what is their relationship um and yeah, Barry, the guy who plays Oliver, has been nominated for Acne Awards. Totally deserved. Very, very well acted. I think everyone on the the cast um, was very good. The writing was very good. There are some um, scenes, and this movie has been getting a lot of um, buzz because there's several scenes, three that I can think of specifically, that are very... Uh, shocking for the lack of a better term. It takes a lot to ruffle my feathers. I, you know, I, I've seen quite a lot in movies. Um, not much makes me squeamish, but these three scenes were even for me. I was like, huh, someone who's not accustomed. <laughs> Right, right. So these type of things would probably turn the movie off right now. And it happened three times in the course of a, like a two hour and something movie. So like full disclosure, they are, um, all of these scenes are sexual in nature. Oh, I see. I was wondering what you meant by shocking. I was going to ask you, but okay. Yes. Like, 
shocking, disgusting, degrading, debauched. These would be all words I would describe these three <laughs> scenes. Um, okay. And some people have said, like, oh, like, why were those in the movie? You know what I mean? Like, it was debauched for the sake of debauchery. Like, the, these scenes don't add anything to the movie. And then other people are like, praising these scenes and like specifically um the acting in these scenes so like take that as you will it is described as a psychological thriller i would almost describe it as like a sexual thriller which is kind of like a subgenre of of um psychological thrillers so there are these three specific scenes um typically i'm only seeing people talk about two scenes and actually to a certain extent one scene I think these three scenes um and once people see them they'll be like oh those are the scenes Taylor are talking about mm. um some people will turn off the movie and not return to it um, oh, really? I think I think like I think these are scenes that like your quote-unquote typical moviegoer would not be expecting and would think is pretty gross <laughs> really interesting so Okay. So, um, just just like a FYI on that, um, I had mentioned last week probably the most Taylor movie that I saw this year was Bottoms, um, rivaled by Saltburn. In terms okay. of like, if people are thinking like people have listened to the show for four years now, what are you know what are some movies that define kind of my tastes? Saltburn would fall very easily into this category. Um, is it the best movie I've ever seen no I think it does have problems I think when I was talking to Nicole about this I can't quite put my finger on what's wrong with the movie but we both had that same feeling that like we're like okay we're watching this movie like what's so what I was like where is this going you know what I mean especially with these weird these three weird um sexual scenes like where is this going I don't really quite get it is that a problem of directing? Is that a problem of writing? I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it because the acting was phenomenal. So I, I'm not really sure. I would say that when something like that goes wrong, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, to me that that's a writing or a directing problem. Yeah, I would say, yes. I would say it could be either. I mean, I usually look to the director of it's your responsibility to make what's on script what's on paper come alive and make sense and the flow of the movie and like the journey that the audience has your audience has is like your responsibility so i often point to directing but sometimes like it's hard to direct your way out of a bad script so it could be script related things where it doesn't quite work or resonate for whatever reason so yeah you're right it could be either but i personally tend to look to the director for that and it could have been editing so emerald fennel directed wrote and produced this movie so like her hands are all over it so if there's anyone to blame it would be her um interestingly margot robbie was also a producer on this movie um right. she's, she has some um really interesting producing credits um uh, barbie being the biggest one and now this one so it'll be interesting to see where margot um, kind of goes in her producing career. I will say as a second, what do they call this? A sophomore movie? Um, or as a, because I don't know if Promising Young Woman was Emerald Fennel's first movie. I think it was. But as a follow-up to that, okay. You know, it wasn't a sophomore slump because often that's what happens. Like the, the second movie, oh my gosh, it, it's totally off the rails. I think this was fine. Like a very good movie and I enjoyed it. 
but not as good as Promising Young Woman, not as tight as Promising Young Woman. Uh, I think sometimes um, you get a bigger budget and things can kind of go awry. And maybe that's what happened in the middle of the movie. One last thing um, before we move on, because I realize we're running out of time and I'm dying to hear your review. But if people are kind of on the fence, they're like, Taylor, you gave a really weird review of this movie. This movie sounds really weird. This movie is weird. But I saw it compared to The Talented Mr. Ripley. And I haven't seen the movie, but I've read the book, The Talented Mr. Ripley. And it's about um, a sociopath that essentially infiltrates the upper crust of English society. So with that in mind, that makes this movie, that was probably the best description of this movie that I saw. I did not make that comparison while I was watching it. But after I saw people saying like, oh, this is like an updated talented Mr. Ripley or a talented Mr. Ripley ripoff or not quite as good as talented Mr. Ripley. I'm like, yes, that makes sense. It really um, gets to the heart of the themes and again, kind of helps crack open the story. Um, so if you're still on the fence, you're not really sure if you want to watch it. Um, but if you, if you like stories like the talented Mr. Ripley, this might be for you. So in the end, this to me, this for me was a see it. I definitely enjoyed it. It's a Prime original. You can get it on Prime if you have a Prime subscription. You don't have to pay a rental fee. Um, and it's one of those movies where, yes, I like it and I think it's good, but it's getting so much buzz. Do yourself a favor and go watch it because it's probably going to be nominated. I would be. Are there writing awards for the Golden Globes? Uh, no. No. Yeah. So, no. I, you know what? I don't think so. I think <laughs> now that you think about it, I think there's no writing and no technical. I think that's the thing. It's mainly performance based. Yeah. I think this will be nominated for best original screenplay. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I think you're going to see some acting awards from this movie. To be honest, sounds like just, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, even production design, I wouldn't really? be surprised. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But um, definitely worth watching. It's a see it. But again, just that caveat three very extreme scenes and people might watch that and be like taylor you're such a prude but (laughs) i know that there are going to be people who do not typically watch this type of genre of movie who are not used to that kind of sexually explicit material and be like what did i just watch right and so i'm warning you it's understandable (laughs) no it's good warning um okay uh see it for saltburn i'm going to review wonka the much talked about Wonka. Um, so, you know, just give a, we, we know what this movie's about. You know, it's a young Willy Wonka. He arrives basically back in London, I guess, from being a sailor on some sort of ship at the beginning. He wants to start a chocolate factory. He arrives with, you know, basically no money um, and, and is kind of like his, his rise to start him. How does he become the Willy Wonka that we kind of know. Um, and he is no very much love. Yes. No one love, I guess. Um, and he <laughs> is very much uh, playing a young Gene Wilder. Or not, uh, not you're trying to, and not, not the Johnny Depp yep. version of it. We're so just going we'll to forget that. the Johnny Depp version exists. One thing I will say right off the bat, this is nothing at all like the original movie. Okay. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, whatever it's called. It's not like that at all. It's not even, I mean, like talk about it, it's a musical. It's not even the same genre. 
not only is this a musical, it's very much a musical holiday movie. Mm. Um, does it have a lot of holiday themes? No, but it's set during kind of, I believe it's mainly set during winter. And the very much the feel of it is very much that holiday, you know, the holiday classics kind of reminds you of a Christmas Carol, that kind of film. It ha- It's very much it was trying to do that. We're trying to be a holiday classic and we're going to like be something for families and it'll kind of fit in. So in weird. Time. So that's that what, like, that's very much what the movie is. Yeah. Even in the way the music is like, it's all very much the sense of trying to find joy and trying to find happiness and, and all of that kind of in there, even the cast of characters that he meets along the way, they're all very much cartoony caricatures. And this is very much a like fairy tale holiday movie is what it feels like. Um, I mean, this movie is not, it's not, it's not bad. It was fine. And just putting it under that kind of lens, I would say it was just sort of fine. It was passable. Um, I thought the story was okay. The characters were interesting enough. Um, The music was fine, but very forgettable. So the only numbers that you come out of the, the, theater kind of having stuck in your head are the ones we already know which is like the oompa loompa song which does get sung which has like a catchy beat to it and he does sing pure imagination at the end of the right. movie which is without a doubt the best song in the whole movie. and the candy man does he sing the candy man can no you know the Candyman can. Oh, no, no. No, that is not in it. Uh, There's nothing even, like, that's the thing, like, they've got, you know, they've got, like, he's got kind of an opening number, and he's got a couple ballads, like, Timothy Chalamet as Wonka. They've got a villain song. They've got, like, a song. So he goes, basically what ends up happening is he goes to this sort of in place to stay but what they do is they overcharge you one night, and then they force you to stay there to pay off your charges and that's why they have staff is everyone was tricked to stay there and now they have to like pay back all this money and like he plays a very naive child like Wonka who just like trusts and believes in people so it was easy for him to get trapped and then he meets all the people who now work there who are basically like in servitude and they have to work there to work off their debt um and he kind of and like they have a song like that group people have a song and that becomes his like helpers and they all like band together to make him a chocolate person he's fighting these chocolatier people who have a monopoly um you know and the movie had like funny moments there was keegan michael key plays a police officer who's like under basically he's on the payroll of these chocolatiers but he's paid in chocolate so he gets progressively fatter throughout the movie to the point where at the kind of like a scene near the end he can't get out of a car because he's eating so much chocolate throughout the film Funny so guy. kind of funny like and like he plays it really funny like he michael he plays he it very funny. much like he's, he's a funny actor yeah and he does well he does a good job um olivia coleman plays the like leader of this inn who traps people and she plays evil very well like for kids in like a family movie like that's the perfect cast. and the cast was fine like there weren't really any issues there my my issues with the movie were i thought the for a musical the music was pretty forgettable i thought that like the chocolate for for like a, a for like a movie about the world's best chocolate, it was just very bland. 
a very, very bland movie. It was fine. If you have family, if you like have family or have kids and like are really into musicals, that type of thing, you probably will enjoy this movie. Like I won't, I won't deny that. And I think that production wise, it had some value to it. For me, it was just bland. It was just sort of meh down. Middle kind of, of the line. Middle of the line. Now, before we end, we got to talk about Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I'm dying to know. Is he a good singer? <sighs> okay. Or was this auto-tuned? He can sing. He can sing. No problems with his singing. I watched the movie, start to finish. He's not Willy Wonka. That's what I'll say. He was fine. He was functional in the role as like a placeholder role. He'd be fine if he wasn't the lead. You you know, you'd be like, oh yeah, and Timmy Chalamet was good. But he to carry the movie as this Willy Wonka, the bright over-the-top eccentricness, it just never came off genuine to me. I never really I felt like he was like just I also feel like that's a eccentric. horrible misreading of the source material because Wonka isn't that way. <laughs> so, he's all, so Wonka is very different in this versus, versus, versus the movie. Yeah. The, the, the like Gene Wilder movie. And, and apparently the I book. think that's kind of on purpose but like he's very he he's very eccentric in this he's very like he introduces himself as a wizard and chocolate maker he has magical qualities to him he's not afraid to show them he's like almost like majestical and none of that worked for timothy chalamet like i'm fine if you want to do that and i'm fine that like a person at at 22 and a person at 55 ready to retire is a different person. I have no problem with that. I don't even have a huge issue with the Wonka they presented saying that he turns into Gene Wilder's Wonka later. Right. I don't even have a problem with that. I can kind of see it. It makes sort of you just sense. You think it was miscast. You just don't That's think correct. I just, it. I gave it a shot. I watched it. He's a fine singer, but no, I, I think he was simply miscast. I don't think he was a good Wonka. I think you should have cast someone with a little bit more natural eccentricness, not just charisma. Whimsy, whimsy yes, that's a very good word. I just don't <laughs> think he had the whimsy. Now, for me, Wonka is a stream it. I don't think it was horrible. I think there's a lot that you can like about this movie. If you love musicals, if you're into some whimsy, if you like holiday season, it checks all those boxes. It's nothing but a feel-good movie with some comedy moments in it, with some music that's not like horrible, just just forgettable. So it's really middle of the ground. Like I would give it a six out of ten. It's a stream it. It was fine. It just didn't it just didn't blow me away. And I just don't think Timothy Chalamet worked for me. Fair enough. Um, there you go. That's that's the Wonka review. I feel like, again, just like we talk about Taylor, I feel like unless this movie was amazing or horrible, nothing I could say can live up to the hype that uh, that was this movie. So there you go. That was Wonka. Uh, next week, Mean Girls. Get ready for more rants, maybe. And don't forget to check out our movie club. Uh, email us if you have any more questions, but you can still sign up on the website, even though it's the old movie club. Go check out Scott Pilgrim. Go see some movies.